All right, we'll continue to keep you up to date on any new developments regarding DeMar Hamlin. Um, he is still in the hospital in Cincinnati. He is still in critical condition. He is still sedated. But according to um, people that were uh, brief to speak on this, there have been some very small but promising uh, steps forward. There have been things called promising readings. His oxygen levels have improved and a promising signs of progress are some quotes that we've heard from members of his family and Jordan, Jordan, um, who we heard from yesterday as well. So, you know, cross your fingers, say your prayers. Um, hopefully these are, are good signs. But like we talked about yesterday, Al, uh, the doctor that they had on uh, KJNM was saying that this is pretty typical for an injury like this, that there can be several days where you don't get a ton of, of really yeah. concrete information yeah and we're all you know obviously any uh any type of news that that uh, is geared towards some type of positivity is obviously exciting um i will give you a quick little update so we did this yesterday we talked about that um demar hamlin that that fundraiser oh, that he has right. was it when we left yes it was 4.6 is that it's what like it was 4.6 yesterday yeah. and even emily had mentioned it that by tuesday mo- by monday night Tuesday morning, whatever it was, it was like just over a million, right? That's when it was just kind of getting going and people were starting to recognize it. Uh, 6.49 million wow. right now. 209,000 So just a shade under 2 million from about 24 hours yeah. ago more has been donated. That's, that's kind of crazy. You hit, and I've done this, I was doing it yesterday, hit refresh on that like a half hour later and it's like up a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Pretty amazing. That's very cool. That's, yeah. that, that is a... A great outcome, an incredibly scary situation. We'll keep you up to speed on any news regarding Demar Hamlin that comes down uh, between now and the end of the show. I know yeah. Mason in Ireland and Sonano Cap, they'll keep you up to speed mm-hmm. as well. Um, there is a little bit of the football news in all of this as well. Adam Schefter just tweeted a few minutes ago, and he wrote, NFL exec Jeff Miller said discussions about what to do with the Bengals, Bengals, or Bills-Bengals game are ongoing. He knows they have to make a decision on it, quote, in the coming days, close quote, but NFL executive Troy Vincent explains that the league's focus has been on DeMar Hamlin, as it should be. Um, DeMar Hamlin's health is obviously the thing that at the forefront of all of our memories, or our, our, our minds, I should say. Um, but, and it's a huge but, and I'm not trying to equate any of these, so just to be crystal clear, I'm not saying that this is as important as the other. I'm not. But at some point, you have to figure out when to conclude that game if you're going to conclude that game, even if you were, a, even if this had happened a week ago, yeah. you still have enough time left in the NFL calendar to kind of shoehorn that game in there. Season ends on Sunday, mm-hmm. presumably. Maybe you could play that game a week later, push the playoffs back a week, take out that week between the conference championship games and the Super Bowl. Maybe you scrub this weekend schedule. The NFL has already said they're not going to do that. Yep. But this is a game that affects a whole bunch of different teams as far as where they go, who they play, whether they play or not. Um, you you kind of have to find a way to get this thing done. I don't know how you do it. It's yeah. it's an incredibly complicated logistics puzzle. So I I, I do think that um, I think it's going to figure itself out. And you know that there's enough people that are behind the scenes right now, just playing out scenarios. We talked about this yesterday. It was all just going to come down to the timing of it. When it's time to figure it out, they're going to figure it out. And I I think it will get worked out. And I think for those who are thinking about um, you know obviously the NFL schedule or the playoffs or this. They will find a way to figure it out, and it will get done. Now, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the Bills Bengals game specifically. Um, you know, you and I were kind of just chatting about this, and it's 
you know, you have a what an extra week between the Super Bowl. Maybe they do something there. Maybe, and I'm talking about just kind of moving everything a week out, and then you just don't have that extra week. But it sounds like we'll get clarity on all that in the next couple of days. There so. have been circumstances where you don't have that extra week between the conclusion of the conference championship games and the Super Bowl. It just those games are played on Sunday, and then the following Sunday the Super Bowl is played. So there is precedent to to use that week yeah, yeah. for other things yeah. along the way. And, and look, I guess this is an option too. I, the NFL. I'm sure would prefer not to have this be the option. Maybe you just don't play it. Maybe you have two teams that ha- have 16 games on their schedule and, and everyone else has 17. Percentage. Go by winning percentage. Mm-hmm. Come up with something because I understand that somebody somewhere, a team, I shouldn't say a somebody, mm-hmm. some team is going to be on the outside looking in because if, if that happens. I'm sure that there's somebody that gets the short end of the stick there. Is anybody really going to raise a whole bunch of hell over it i, I don't i don't think, think so. so i don't, I don't. Think so and it, it kind of goes back to um the decision on monday of you know if there was discussion or if there was conversation hey do they continue the game do they not obviously they do not and they did not um i think that that's kind of a, a good example of everybody who was there understood the situation if you were a fan at the game you understood the situation and everybody just kind of had it in their mind. All right, this, let's let's make sure that hopefully, um, you know, obviously Demar Hamlin's okay, and that's the number one priority. Everything else will figure itself out. You know, we talked with uh, Kirk yesterday. We talked with Demarco yesterday mm-hmm. about this, and love their insight too. It, it was yeah. terrific. Um, at some point, the Buffalo Bills players are going to have to put on uniforms again. They're going to have to go back to practice. They're going to have to go back on that field. They're going to have to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't. You know, you say the phrase, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Like, mm-hmm. in the most literal sense of that phrase, I don't know how you just say, all right, one of my brothers, one of my teammates yeah. is in very serious medical trouble, but I have to just go and do the thing that put him in this case in the first. I, I, I can't wrap my head around Can that. Can I just give you an example? I think we've all had, um, you know, personal loved ones, family members who've been sick or anything along those lines. Um, nobody's saying to themselves, I had a couple of days, I'm just going to go back to work. If if you're trying to put yourself in that perspective, it's impossible. And you might even be, um, you might be just kind of in a situation where you're there physically, you're not there mentally. You're not. And that's, by the way, I don't think anything is, if the Buffalo Bills ended up playing this weekend and even some of those Cincinnati Bengals players and even other players that just represent the NFL of and are just course. watching it, there's many of them that will maybe be there physically and not be there mentally. And, and having to be the guys, that, the players and the coaching staffs and, and the friends and family are obviously the ones bearing the brunt of this, but just trying to be the person to put all of this together, to figure it out, to try to serve as many different entities as you can, the the teams, the television networks, there's just sure, sure. so many different yeah. things going on in this. And at the, just keep coming back to simply, just figure it out, right? But somebody has to. Mm-hmm. That you and I, ah, somebody will do it. The somebody, it's an incredibly complex puzzle to try to put together. Yeah. Um, what's today, Wednesday? What do you think by Actually, I, I have no idea. I, I'm not going to say, oh, by Thursday, by Friday. That, but you, okay, but I, I get it. It's a it's a weird question to ask, but I think it's the right question to ask because you ha- you have to have an answer by. So let me let me ask you this: they tomorrow, got, they got Friday games, at the latest. They got was it two games on Saturday? Yeah, and then the full slate of games on Sunday. Yeah, you're right that there there will probably be some type of clarity, and we don't know what that clarity is, and 
you know, again, this kind of also goes back to the the situation with Demar Hamlin, who's still in critical condition, yes. right? Like that's that's another thing. It's it's not that we might have got a little bit of positive news, and I don't even bit. know what that means. You know, when you when somebody said you're you're you feels good that you're getting a little bit of positive news, but we we don't know a week from today, two weeks from today. What is his condition? How is he looking? So I, I don't know how much that also plays into effect to it. I, I don't have that answer. I, I, don't. I, I, I don't think anybody does, and you're just going to kind of fly by the seat of your pants over yeah. the course of the next couple of weeks. And once the playoffs, I don't want to say nobody's going to forget. Nobody's going to forget, but eventually they're going to play football. Yeah. They're going to play football this weekend, mm-hmm. and I do not know. I do not know how you go back, especially if you're a member of the Buffalo Bills. And, and, and I, I – Maybe not quite the same, but very, very close. They're right there. I mean, they were on the field when somebody was in incredible amount of distress the way that DeMar Hamlin was yesterday or a couple of days ago. And to just say, all right, we got to go back. I got to make this tackle. I got to drop this defense. I got to run this route. I got to throw this pass. Would you be surprised? I I wouldn't be surprised at all if there's some players from, let's just say, the Buffalo Bills that say, I'm going to have to sit this one out this week. Sure. I wouldn't be surprised by that. No, and who who would, I mean, everybody would understand. Say, okay. I I wouldn't be surprised, and and we'll see. I mean, again, this is what they do for a living, and Mm -hmm. this is what they're expected to do. But there are a handful of games, Greg and I were looking at the schedule this morning, that there's four or five, maybe six games where neither team is playing for anything. Mm -hmm. I I mean, maybe there's some draft order stuff, but they're out of the playoffs. The opponent that they're playing is out of the playoffs. There isn't... To want to go out there, look, man, this is the... It's one... I just just can't. Mm -hmm. and, And I would imagine that going out there and trying to play that sport with your heart and mind not fully in it is incredibly dangerous that if you're just out there going through the motions that's something that i wouldn't want anybody that i care about to go do just you know protect yourselves at all times kind of situation i, I wouldn't be surprised you're if saying, you see you're a saying lot there's of, there's guys sitting for those teams where there's no yeah, I, implications the, is that the, what you're the talking about carolina panthers and new orleans saints yeah right that whatever i think they have the exact same record everything about it is inconsequential if they just said look man i'm i'm not playing today mm-hmm. i get it I get it. I can't get that out of my mind. I can't get prepared. I can't be safe while I'm out there. I would certainly understand the impulse to not want to go do that. All right, um, let's let's go back and talk a little bit about the Lakers. It's been a it's been a weird since since AD went down. The Lakers have been okay. They're, I mean, as far as the the record goes, they're five and five in their last ten. They got another one tonight. Surprise! They're five and five for sure. Three and two on that road trip. Amazing. And mm-hmm. we didn't get a chance to talk about LeBron. Had some interesting comments over yeah. the break as yeah. well about. You know, hey, I didn't come here just to play basketball. Mm-hmm. I came here to win basketball. We'll do that next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
All right, guys. Uh, it is National Trivia Day, and it's trivia is one of my one of my favorite things. I just love learning random little nuggets about life. But you've gotten fights over it. <laughs> I do. Today is the anniversary of the Rose Bowl between uh, USC and Texas. So here's the next question regarding that game. Uh, how many draft picks were playing for USC that night? So just that, for SC, just for SC. That, that eventually players that went on to play in the NFL. It's a lot. I remember. I remember. I don't know if it's double digits, but it's got to be close to that. If it's, it's got to oh, be like I, nine or ten or something. I like think that. it's. A, I think that's probably low. So I have a qualifying question, Emily. Tell me if this, if you know the answer to this or not. Are, are we talking about people that played in that game? Or are we talking about guys that were on SC's roster for that game? Because I guarantee there's probably a freshman or two that really didn't play, but turned out to be to a really league, good player that it. made the league. Mm-hmm. So, do you know the answer to that? Played. Played in the game. He yes. triviaed your okay. trivia. Uh, so <laughs> never your, seen that. Your answer is probably about right. I'm on nine. No, I'm going to go slightly more because you figure there's 22 starters. Yep. Okay. You've got. Yeah, how many ballers you, you've you got? Specialists. You've you've got backups that were NFL. I'm going to say fourteen. Eleven. I will reel on the other side. All right, that's a lot. Well, I'll just from Google it then. Well, think about it. They had the Heisman well, Trophy winner Matt Liner. <laughs> had the Heisman Trophy winner in Reggie Bush. Yeah. Lendell White was phenomenal. Yep. You had high level NFL wide receivers. A lot of those offensive linemen, and that's just on one You're probably side. Right, it's probably closer for, to that number. You know the guy I, I could get this. The guy's going for the corner. He's got you know who dives and just misses him. Who's that? Frosty Rucker, who played like twelve years in the NFL. It was it was crazy. They were Damn. loaded with NFL guys along the way. Um, Why was Reggie Bush laddering? Ow. What, what? I still I still look at that. You know when I thought about that? You know what I thought about? I thought about that two weeks ago when the dude from the Patriots against the Raiders. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, I know it's an extreme yeah. one, but I just remember that. I'm like, Reggie, what are you, what are you doing here, buddy? So we we sit more often than not. We had new seats this year. It was a little different. I didn't like it as much. But we, we usually sit in what that that's the southeast corner of the stadium. We're usually around the goal line on the southeast side. Mm-hmm. They're running towards that end zone, the southern end zone of, of oh, the yeah, Rose yeah. Bowl. Yep. And Bush goes to lateral the ball. And everyone looks and says, what is he doing? <laughs> and it, it felt like they were just getting ready to run him off the field. Yep. It was just about that point where, all right, they're just a lot better than us. And they didn't score. They get the And they just hung around long enough for Vince around. to be the best player in the building that night. I, I could talk about that game all day long. I really, truly could. It was one of the most exciting things I've ever seen uh, in my life. All right. Um, Lakers in heat tonight. Yeah. The last time the Lakers and Heat played was when LeBron made his comments about, look, I, I just don't want to play to play. Mm-hmm. I want to play to win. I want to be on a team that's got a chance to win. I, I, it's not in my DNA to just be out here just to be out here. Uh, it was, you know, it was classic LeBron. We got it, too. It was, it, do we have it here? Let's see here. Here it is. I mean, I have, I have multiple thoughts of me. I think about the day-to-day of, obviously, how we get better throughout the course of this season, uh, but how we get better from game to game. Um, you know, I think about how much longer I'm going to play the game. Uh, I think about that uh, I don't want to finish my career, uh, you know, playing at this level uh, for, from a team aspect. Uh, I must still be able to compete for championships because I, I know what I can still bring to any ball club um, with the right pieces. 
All right, so that's incredibly unambiguous. With any ball club with the right pieces. Right. Mm-hmm. And I want to compete for a championship. I don't think anybody thinks that this Laker team is championship quality. They, they're probably doing a little bit better than anybody thought without Anthony Davis, but this does not feel like the best team in the NBA. Yep. He wants to be on a championship caliber team. He made it very clear that this is not what he signed up for, and yet he's going to be here for the rest of the year. You can't trade him by rule. After this season, I guess you could consider these things, but this is the first time it seemed like he would be willing to go somewhere else. We've talked about it a million times about do you do the Lakers say, hey, listen, thanks for the memories, but we got to go in a different direction. Now it seems like he's on board, at least yeah. potentially, with the idea of, hey, look, let's see what's out there for me as much as it is for you. Well, let, let's let's kind of see how the Lakers got to this point. Here's the reality. Bron's 38 years old, Trav, and he's playing like he's 28. And I'm not being dramatic. I'm not. I watch him every single freaking night. And you go see just in the month of December. Month of December, he's like 35, 8, and 8. Crazy. Um, Since Anthony Davis has been out, he's had really more of those numbers. He's been amazing. He's been great. And it's not. he's shooting over 50% from the field. I think Bron's frustration is, damn, I'm still doing it at this level. If I told you right now, Pick your top ten players in the NBA today. Bron is still in that conversation. Yeah. He is, and you know, tenth, eighth, eleventh, wherever the hell you want to put him, he's in that conversation. I don't think he's in a tough spot because I don't think Bron's going to go anywhere. I don't. I, 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 even if LeBron wants to win that bad, I think there is something to. I moved my family out here. I'm living in Los Angeles. Um, the I already have a championship with the Los Angeles Lakers, but part of this is also on Bron too. Right, like the 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 construction of the roster and the team is oh, also sure. It, listen, he's a player. I'm not telling you that he's the front office executive, but he's got, of course, he's got incredible amount of power. He's LeBron freaking James. Mm-hmm. So that frustration, I get it coming from Bron because of the situation Lakers are in right now. They're five and five in their last ten games. AD went through a stretch of the season where he looked like. Kind of as good as any of the other guys out there. And now he's out and you're not sure when he's going to come back. I guess what you hope and pray for is that these two, at one point this year, hopefully in the near future, can play together again. And they could go up against teams like the Milwaukee Bucks and Philly and Boston, and these are all close games. I just don't know when Anthony Davis is going to come back. You know, we, we heard from AD for the first time on Friday, okay? And what I took away from that conversation is, yeah, AD, that pain threshold is a lot less. You know what? He kind of maybe got away with one. Maybe he thought it was going to be a lot worse of an injury. It's not. He had five different opinions mm-hmm. on his on his leg, on his foot. But what I also walked away with, I don't think AD's coming back in a week. I think no. he's coming back in two weeks. It's probably going to be some time before Anthony Davis comes back. So I, I could tell the frustration of LeBron James, and I don't blame him because he's playing at a level that is is really incredible at his age. I don't blame anybody in this, but I think it, it, it really crystallized what I think needs to happen next. He doesn't want to be here. You don't say something like that if you are 1,000% committed to being here and rebuilding it here, right? Because the, the comments would be slightly different. This would be, I didn't come here to lose. I want to win another championship here. We need to do whatever it takes to win here, that you, you qualify it with that. As awesome as Anthony Davis was for that month stretch, the end result was very typical of what we've seen over the last couple of years, where Anthony Davis is on the rack again and will be for a while. 
When he comes back, we're going to be doing the Miss exact 10 same games, thing. Probably misses another I, ten I, easily. I yep. don't know. And when he comes back, we're all going to be holding our breath, waiting to see what the next thing is. I think this gives you a whole bunch of clarity on you need to figure out life after these two guys. You, you have to because LeBron, you're right, still extraordinary, but he is at least looking around the room and seeing what else is out there. I don't need a guy like that in my in my deal. If you have a guy like Anthony Davis who's constantly one bad step away from missing a month of play, then I don't build my team around him either. That this is actually in a weird way very clarifying. Anthony Davis is an injury prone player, unfortunately. LeBron James is still a very good player, but an aging player and a guy that is clearly willing to at least entertain the possibility of going somewhere else. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see what happens the rest of the way here. Yeah. Anthony Davis comes back, great. If they play together, great. Maybe they get in the playing tournament maybe, and they're maybe, able to... Maybe. Yeah. But this idea of constantly trying to cater to his needs when he's willing to look other places, well, I am too. I am too. If, if this is how you feel about me, then that's how I feel about you. It's but very clarifying for could, me. Couldn't it also just be as simple as this, as I'm playing at this level, AD was playing at a really good level, Let's let's make some kind of tweak here. Mm-hmm. Don't go out. No, nobody's saying go trade your 2027 and 2029. You know it's crazy with this entire season. You know the Lakers have the same amount of losses as I want to say Minnesota and Utah. They're technically in the 10th spot with all this that has happened. And I'm not I'm not trying to tell you that being in the 10th spot is a good thing. I'm not trying to tell you that making the playing term is a good thing. But it's kind of crazy that they're still in the mix with having the type of season that they've already had. They started out 2-10. and 10, All that, that kind of comes to it. And, and here's another part to just, if LeBron James, let's just say hypothetically, this year he can't go anywhere. He's got two years left on his contract. He's going to make $97 million over those two years. Even if he was willing to say, guys, let's find a trade partner. How do you even execute a trade where fifty million is going out? Yeah, right. And another team's got to give fifty million or as close as they yeah. can to. It, it, let's just say it's going to be difficult. And you know, Bron did have an opportunity. He didn't have to sign the extension. Did sign Why the extension do you think with he the did? Lakers? Like what? Well, the team's not good. The team has not shown any indication that they're they've got a bunch of assets coming in. Is, he, is it safe he, to say it can't just be for the money? LeBron's already a billionaire. Is it safe? The to money's say, available everywhere else. Why? Why? When I, he could go, and he and he's done it before other places too, where he's gone year to year, mm-hmm. right? That I, I this is what he did with Cleveland for did a long all time. the time in Cleveland, right? That that's always had way, an out. I I get it. It gives you maximum leverage. It puts pressure on on, on ownership and management. And all. I, I understand why he's doing it. This one was not really necessary. And I don't quite get what he got out of this. The money, sure, but LeBron's got a billion dollars in the bank. Ninety million is a lot of money, mm-hmm. but it's it's not going to make or break LeBron's financial legacy. I mean, could have. The only thing I could think of is. Him just maybe before the season, his thought process was different. And now he's going through the grind of another season where uh, maybe there's a reality of the situation. And I don't know if he's surprised what he's doing at age 38. I'm surprised what he's doing at age sure, 38. Sure. I, I, it, it's an extra, that, that to me is a separate topic. that They cross over at points, but as great as he's been at the, the second, my wife says, you know, I might think about dating other people. It's like, okay, okay we're done here. We're out. Mm-hmm. If, if because if that's how you feel about this, then I'm out. I don't but need to I, convince you to come back. I almost feel like 
Do you mind the comments? I don't mind the comments. I don't mind them. They're clarifying. I, it's not but that I even, mind them. Even, it's like, even, oh, you're not you're not 100 committed. Got it. Okay. Yeah, but I even understand. as a even as a Laker fan, I'm not listening to those comments and saying, oh well, you know what? Screw you, Bron. Like that never goes through my it's mind. It's not a. It's not it's, that. It's a. This is a guy like you said yourself has a great deal of influence inside the building. Mm-hmm. And if everywhere he's, he's gone, he, mm-hmm. for sure. If he's leaning on people to make deals that serve only him, that could be counterproductive to the long-term success of this team, I don't need that. Because what's in his best interest is not necessarily what's in the best interest of the Lakers beyond a year or two. And we've seen with the last couple of years, of I don't need two more years of this. I don't need three more years of this. When, when you say it's not in the best interest of the Lakers, if LeBron's goal is to win an NBA championship, and that started when LeBron became a Los Angeles Laker mm-hmm. whatever year that he signed – isn't that don't they both have the same goal i know five years from now is a different story because bron's not playing i don't think he's playing basketball in five years but isn't i think it's more aligned than you think i think it's more aligned when bron signed three four years ago the goal was to win a championship Mm -hmm. and they won a championship i think bron's quotes what he's trying to say there is guys what are we doing here? Are we just going to are, are we just going to sit back and not That's do not anything I I, and I not heard, compete? Yeah, what I heard was, look, if you can't fix this fast, I'm out of here. I'd like to be out of here. If you can't fix it for me, then I'm going to go do it somewhere else. That's what I heard. Problem is, he's not a free agent this upcoming season, so no. it's not it's not like it's, it's not easy to move him. You're you're right about that, but it, look, this is important. Who is the spine of the team moving forward is important. Anthony Davis, as good as I, – I don't know, man. I do, who, who knows? He seems to get hurt a lot. Yeah. And to say, okay, he's our guy, I, I just feel like that's a really bad decision to decide that he's your guy. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com/network. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. LeBron is 38 years old. He's playing mm-hmm. great, but he is 38 years old, and he's looking across the room. It, it's very clarifying to me to say, okay, not that you couldn't make some moves now to try to juice this thing a little bit. I just think it's a terrible decision. I, I, I would be very, very cautious about trying to cater to his needs. I like the quote in the sense that maybe, listen, maybe it puts pressure, maybe it's – and. Nothing as clearly happens. We've been talking about Lakers trade since Thanksgiving. Even we actually talking about Lakers trade since the off season. Nothing has happened. So either the price has just been way too steep for the Lakers to go make a move, and they haven't found anything that makes sense. But I like it in two ways. One, either um, it's 
I don't want to use a wake-up call for the front office, or B, maybe it is clarity like you just talked about. If the chapter at some point is closer than you thought that it is going to turn the page, maybe it brings clarity one way or the other. Factor Cap coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Hey, guys. So my uh, question, my last trivia question uh, from the last segment was, how many NFL players were playing for USC uh, on at the Rose Bowl? So there was... 35 players from USC that went on to play in the NFL. That playing that, that playing game? that night, there was 10 players. Yeah. Damn, when she said 35, my like, huh? Yeah, well, that's why I asked the question that I had. That, that's adding all that's the different. That, that, freshmen. But 10 in one. That's stupid. There's a, well, they hadn't lost a game in two years, Al. You, you, you don't win two years worth of games by having a bunch of junior college transfers that barely made the team <laughs> you have it by having a bunch of nfl players that's amazing the next one might be a little more obvious but i'll, I'll answer the other side as well but who was leading rusher for usc that night all right other side i'll answer that question so uh non-trivia related things so a teenager made an emergency landing on a two-way highway in california um, so you think that you could land a plane if you had to? I'm like, this the situation is mm-hmm. pa- uh, pilots incapacitated. No one else can fly the plane. They have to ask people on the plane to come and land it. You think that you could land a plane? Obviously, you'd have help. You'd have people in, the, in your ear. You think you could I have YouTube plane. on? <laughs> <laughs> Travis, Patrick, Cat. It's a really good idea, by the way. How do I land a 747? <laughs> 18 minutes. <laughs> yeah, skip to the end. Yeah. Skip to the end. Um, I would never, ever want to try to do something like that. That goes without saying. It, but if you had, I don't know, a pilot in the control tower saying, okay, push the red button. Mm-hmm. All right, take the handle and move it to 45 degrees. Mm-hmm. Push the green button. Like if you Can I get just, some pretzels? <laughs> if you could just over here. walk you through it down the line. I mean, I guess I have as good a shot as anybody else on the plane, right? I can... Yeah. I can read. I can follow instructions. I don't think I would be wanting to. Yeah, does I feel like the green button should go before the red button. I don't. I think <laughs> I. I think I'd follow the instructions pretty deliberately. If it worked in airplane, sure, why not? You got a pilot telling you what to. No, nah, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Um, I think what I would do is I'd ask everybody to stand up on the plane. I told them all to hold hands, and we'd start singing the Our Father because <laughs> that's probably it. It's it, it's going to end. I'm actually pretty decent at. If if you said, hey, Al, I want you to follow these steps and these ingredients to make this dish, I'm pretty decent at that. Like, I can kind of follow the steps, follow the plans. Um, flying, a, landing a plane, anything like that, it ain't happening for me. I think there are some things I could do that are uh, associated with that. That, I'm going to be stressed out of my mind. Yeah, I'd have a heart attack. I'm already stressed. I'd have a heart attack. Like, <laughs> we need somebody Sweating. to fly... <laughs> And that would be the end of that. <laughs> okay, Travis is out. Uh, let's go to Ryan. Taylor? Oh, Cap. I think everybody's going to be dead, unfortunately. Um, I think I could take, a, you know, get one off the ground. I heard, you know, that taking off is a lot easier than landing, but I think I'd crash in the landing. Uh, yeah, let's hope that doesn't We all come have a lot it. of confidence in ourselves. <laughs> well, anyway, radio people, we're not Emily might airplanes. be able to do it. I don't think I could either. <laughs> I, I would get too nervous. Um, so on this day in 2004, it was a wild card game between the Packers and the Seahawks. It had to go to overtime because both teams were tied in regula- regulation. Uh, the Seahawks quarterback Mac- Matt Hasselbeck won the coin toss, and That's he said nice. this. Seattle has won the toss. We won the so, ball, we're going to score. It's the best. All right, so we want the ball, we're going to score. Yes, exactly. Uh, however, 
Al Harris intercepted a Hasselbeck pass and returned it 52 yards for the game-winning touchdown. Uh, Wasn't for, it like two uh, or three plays later? Yeah, too? it was, yes, it was, it was, it was like really quick in the OT. <laughs> very early. So this is objectively hilarious. Alan Cap. It's amazing. It, facts like no tomorrow. I mean, I, I love... Listen, I try to... If I use me as an example, I try to under-promise and over-deliver. And to kind of have a moment where you're on a national stage and you're basically telling the other squad and you're telling the camera and you're telling everybody who's watching that NFL game, I mean, talk about over-promising. Oh, we're going to receive and we're going to score. And the fact that it wasn't a fumble from the running back, (laughs) the fact that it wasn't, hey, they went four and out and then Green Bay got at the other side and scored – I just think it's the funniest thing in the world. It's one of, I'm not kidding when I say it's one of my favorite quotes in sports because it was so stupid what happened after that. Well, he's not selling aluminum siding and when they're going to get it done. Right? You don't tell me you'll get it done on a Saturday. And, hey, we're done on a Wednesday. We under-promised or whatever the line is. Athletes are wired different than the rest of us. They always think it's going to work out. They Confidence breeds more confidence. Joe Montana has that great story in a different Super Bowl yeah. of going into the huddle. They're, they got to go 92 yards in like two and a half minutes. He goes, oh, look, John Candy. You guys ready to do this? Like, it just calm, cool, collected. Like, I, I've, got, I've got this, guys. I'm Joe Montana. The difference is Joe Montana drove the field and found John Taylor for the touchdown. Joe Montana. Hasselbeck threw a pick six a couple of plays later. I, it is objectively hilarious. Yes, I don't. I love confidence. I love it. Sometimes confidence blows up in your face, and you have a disaster, as evidenced by this one. But I, I really kind of dig it. It was a calamity. It was a disaster, and it's like you said, Em, objectively hilarious that it went the way it did. But I like that Matt Hassel. Like if Baker Mayfield did, he'd be like, "Dude, you do know that you're not." Tom Brady, right? <laughs> but there are some of those guys that say, like, no, no, I am Tom Brady. It's absurd, but, but it's but awesome. Isn't that part of it what makes it funny? When Larry <laughs> yes. Bird walks into the three-point contest right. and says, who's getting second? It's Larry Bird. If, you know, uh, some random dude who was sixth <laughs> on the Atlanta Hawks said it, it's a little bit different. Do you guys remember? I think I can't remember who it was. Too, it's like give us the ball, f him, like you said too. Like it was like it was caught on mic as well. I, I, I I'll go back one. and find it. Taylor, what about you? Fact, this is hilarious. I think it's on par with uh, one of my favorite Lakers, actually, Swaggy P, taking that three pointer, turning around. You know, all the confidence in the world. <laughs> but isn't that look? It's funny and it's yeah. hilarious when they miss, but yeah. it's terribly endearing when they're doing it, and especially if it's Nick Young or Hasselbeck who are just kind of that, run of the mill NBA and NFL players. And that's the part. That's the part that makes it so funny. Exactly. It's because Steph Curry does that. He turns around and doesn't even bother looking at the basket. He's already celebrating with his guys <laughs> on the bench. Nick Young does it, and we're still talking about it today. Yeah. No matter how much I hate him, Aaron Rodgers when he was asked, "Oh, you're." going to play a bunch of teams left to get to the um to the playoff and he said oh well only some of them are at 500 like people that call their shots that can back them up is both annoying and, guys that and baller guys that know no and exactly. are baller they know so uh the washington commanders revealed a new mascot called major tutty over the weekend <laughs> it's a large pink uh pig that you know is there is their mascot because they didn't have one previously so you would be okay if we did away with mascots entirely taylor fetter cap i think they're good for some teams you know like the kings they have their lion they got slamson um they have a it, beam it's it's cute for that but other teams i don't know like 
like football teams, it just feels weird. This pig, like, what's a pig have to do with? <laughs> I guess a pig skin. Yes, that's yeah. kind of where is that where? Yeah. It's, I'm sure. And a tutty's a touchdown. I, I yes. believe so. Oh, I've never heard that. <laughs> now, now you know. Now you're on board. You should get like a T-shirt. If you don't know now. You with know. major tutty on the on the front. All right, Jeff. Um, I, I think it depends. Like some mascots are the Phoenix Gorilla is awesome. Amazing. He's he's like an acrobat. He does funny Coyote, things. Coyote, the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, there are some of them that are really really good. The yeah. San Diego Chicken is awesome. The Philly Fanatic is awesome. There then there are the major tutties Chuck and that the Condor. Chuck the Condor Chuck thing the freaking Condor. that are disastrous. Yeah. Yeah. It the Lakers should not have a mascot. The Celtics, the Yankees, the Dodgers. They, there are teams that should not have them. But if you're the Washington Commanders and you're changing your name every two years, why not be All right. major minor league up? teams, minor league baseball teams? Best mascots because yeah, that's a big biscuits, part of you it. You got the flying squirrels, yeah, and all the crazy stuff, Alan. All right, so if you just have to, if you're telling me either have mascots or don't have them at all, there's no yes. exceptions to the rule. I'm completely okay with no mascots. I will not lose any sleep if we lose all the mascots. Um, I find it, and it is kind of funny, you know, San Diego they have the the friar, right? So I like you, that one. Yeah, and by the way, yeah, it's it's actually kind of like the 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 vibe when he's around. It's like eh, it's the fryer, yeah. right? Like it's not a bad one. But if you said they're all there or they're not there, I'll take they're all gone. I went to Petco I for no the fun. Holiday Bowl. Yeah, great football stadium. It turns out. Yeah, it was terrific. It was the first time they've ever had a football game at Petco. Well, remember last it was year awesome. they were they were trying to have it last year. COVID, I think, canceled. COVID, it. UCLA. Right. That's yeah. right. That's what it was. Yeah, it's funny when I'm looking at the stadium. I'm like, uh, I think if you get in the back of the end zone, you're in the field level, basically. Okay. Yes, we we sat at kind of the right field foul pole. It was a terrific awesome. seat. It nice. was a great time to do it. I moved the Chargers back. <laughs> <laughs> so I will reveal the uh, next the next trivia question in the next segment. It is, who was the leading rusher for USC during the 2006 Rose Bowl between Texas and USC? I got a good feeling for that one. I think I'm going to get that one right. Plus, the Dodgers, uh, right before we le- right after we left Slee, yeah, uh, yeah. Trevor Bauer had his suspension um eliminated he is active he is a member of the dodgers the dodgers have to pay him so what do you do with trevor bauer that's coming up next it's travis lee 710 espn tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts good news ad free listening is available on amazon music included with your prime membership amazon music offers the most ad free top podcasts enjoy shows like first take part of the interruption and the low post available ad free and uninterrupted to start listening download the amazon music app or go to amazon.com slash espn pods that's amazon.com slash espn pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads all right, so that's the answer to the question. The leading rusher for Lendell USC. Lendell White. Yes. While Reggie Bush did win the Heisman that year, yep. it was Lendell White that led the way with 124 yards, three touchdowns, averaging uh, 6.2 yards a carry. Does Reggie Bush get a personal turnover for the – yeah, he does, right? <laughs> for what? For his little – His lateral? Yeah. That was a disaster, yeah. but there was there was a series of decisions in that game that were weird. Lendell White was killing Texas mm-hmm. on the ground. He, he mm-hmm. was having an incredible day. Was virtually unstoppable. It was four yards a crack. Six, four, six, eight. And that 10, was his two. kind of style, Just right? Smash tough, mouth, big, yep. strong, powerful guy. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't mind the fact that they ran that play on fourth down the way that they did. They've been having success with it all night. The part that is just mind-bogglingly stupid to me: Reggie Bush wasn't on the field. 
Okay, so I, I understand not giving him the ball. Fine, whatever. Okay. Use Lend him it. as a decoy. Use him in any possible way. If you take Reggie Bush mm -hmm. and put him outside, put him in the slot, you're pulling one of those guys out of the box. Of maybe two. Mm -hmm. right. It's Reggie Bush. Mm -hmm. you, I mean, you better make sure that somebody's defending. He's standing there on the sidelines. Everybody, the cheerleaders, the band, everybody was in the box right there. There was no chance that every everybody in the building knew what play they were going to run. You put Reggie out there, it's different. It, that was the part, the lateral, dumb. Their inability to stop yeah, Vince yeah. Young is a credit to Vince Young and you know SC's not defense not being up for it at that night. But having not having Bush out there for that final play doesn't still to this day doesn't make any sense to me. Did they ever do a 30 for 30 on that game? Yeah, I said that in the first hour. You did not say that. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> he did. Well, well, hey, done, guys, they done 2023, <laughs> a lot like 2022. They've done several. Uh, they've I'll done go it. back to the first hour just to confirm it like yeah, I did with I, those it's picks. 100%. Go, go he ahead. Said it. What did you say? I said that NFL Films did a documentary yep. on it, and there's a 30 for 30 on it. Damn, you said and? Yes. The 30 for 30? <laughs> yes. Is it thirty for thirty specifically about this game? Yes, and then also they, they've also revisited it like like a couple years later or, or like decades later or whatever. The one the NFL films did, they Write have it down next time <laughs> and pass it to you. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a shot sheet. Um, it's with Young and Liner, like they're kind of narrating it along yeah, the way and talking about it. About, it's yeah. that's NFL films did that one, and it's it's terrific. It is absolutely terrific. Um, sitting in a bar watching, um, I think it was football night. And the on the bottom of the crawl, mm -hmm. there's the Dodgers tre pitcher Trevor Bauer has been reinstated by an arbiter. He's coming back, um, and he's immediately eligible to rejoin the team. They owe him money for one more year. It's a lot of money, and there was always speculation or something like that. Yeah, I think it's in the 30s. It's it's a lot. I'll have to look it up again. Um, but the speculation was the Dodgers kind of had an inkling that this might be coming down, and that's part of the reason that they didn't go spend a bunch of money is because they were going to have to add Trevor Bauer back onto the payroll. There have been reports that there are players inside the organization that are 100% okay with him rejoining the team. Um, I'm sure that there are people that feel the exact opposite as well. Yeah. Here, here, here's th This is as bizarre of a combination of events as yeah. you can think of because here, here's what it is. Trevor Bauer is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Trevor Bauer is disliked by more people than like him. He has mm -hmm. a reputation of being a teammate that is prickly, that's difficult to connect with. I always go back to the story when he came to the Dodgers originally, and they asked Clayton Kershaw, and Kershaw's answer was, well, I like talking baseball with Trevor. Mm -hmm. I think we all know what that means. He was involved in a legal case that – so he said, she said kind of thing. He was never charged with a crime. The details of the accusation are pretty ugly. Um, but he was Did not never face charged criminal charges. with a crime. Yep. Uh, his teammates, when he was suspended from the team, did not rally to his defense. Mm -hmm. And yet here we are. The Dodgers could use a pitcher. He's a very good pitcher. He's unpopular with some of his teammates, I'm sure. Uh, with some fans, I'm sure it would be difficult to see him wear that Dodger uniform again. They may or may not be able to get something. It's a weird mix of events for him. And I'll say it for the third time, he's really, really good. Mm -hmm. It's a weird spot that they find themselves in. So it, this is, I guess, the question I'd ask. I, I think, and LA Times did do a poll on this, asking, do you want Trevor Bauer back with the Dodgers? Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to – I'm going to let you guess what you think the this percentage is from fans. was. This is fans, LA Times. Um, do you want Trevor Bauer back on the Dodgers? 
what percentage of fans do you, do you think said yes, bring him back, and what percentage of fans do you think I'm said no? I'm going to say that I think it's probably pretty close to right down the middle. Yeah. I'd say it's 55-45, get him out of here. Okay, so it was 51-49. <laughs> okay, yeah. Keep him here. Okay. Okay. I think Dodgers Nation did a poll as well. That one was a little bit more. It was like 60-plus percent that said bring Trevor Bauer back. Um, I don't know if it's because of this, but I'm just going to set it up this way. If Walker Bueller was healthy and available to start this upcoming season, if there wasn't a hole that you think that pitching staff coming into this year, I'm not telling you that some of these guys can't come back and be the players that they were, or Dustin May's not sure. going to have a great season, but there are more question marks than I think you've had in previous seasons. If the Dodgers had made a big splash in the offseason, they went out and got a starting pitcher. If you didn't feel like there might be a void in starting pitching for the Dodgers. I don't know if the conversation's different, and most Dodger fans would say, guys, we're good. Let the, This guy was a headache from the start. Let's move on from him, and let's just you know look forward to the upcoming season and, and take it from there. There's a couple factors into this, because I do think that number, I was reading some stuff earlier today, I think that number that is owed, and maybe it has to do with the amount of games that he was suspended, prorate, I don't know how it works, but I know he missed 100, 194 games out of the 324 is what he served. Okay. There's $22 million that is going to be associated with the Los Angeles Dodgers this upcoming year. If they release him and he goes. Say, 20, okay, got it. If, if, if they release him and he goes. 22. This could happen. What could happen is they're paying the 22 or $21 million, depending on you know whoever picks him up, and he's playing for a team that- Could beat you. Could beat you. That could happen. So I think you got to keep all these factors into play. Me personally, I would like to see the Dodgers turn the page on Trevor Bauer and move on. But I think there's also a lot of Dodger fans because of the predicament, the situation, where they sit today, what their starting pitching looks like, that are saying to themselves, no, bring him back. And I don't think it's that much different of a conversation from Correa when we were having that conversation of, I hate the guy, this, that. But can he help me win? And is there a shortstop that is in need? I, that's kind of how I look at that situation. It's not dissimilar because it's the same kind of I, – I don't like him, but he might be able to help me. It, it, that part of it is similar. The, the, the Dodgers have been very averse to PR problems, right? They, they don't have a lot of that stuff. That They acted very, very – aggressively when they made the decision that when the accusation was made originally you know what we're we're moving on we suspend him and then you know what whatever happened after that happened after that this was not a hey let's wait and see they they moved quick they they opted not to go get a chapman a few years ago because he had a domestic violence allegation against him they they're fairly reluctant to have problems where there could be a group of people saying seriously you're about this and, and the argument could be, well, he didn't get charged with a crime. And that's an accurate argument to be made. But then there's also the, yeah, come on, man, which also is not an unreasonable position to sure, be in either. Sure. It's a really tricky spot. They've opted to avoid sticky situations in the past. Mm -hmm. I think they'll probably opt to avoid it again. The, the interesting thing is, to use the numbers that you were talking about, the $22 million, you probably can't trade him and get dollar for dollar. First of all, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. I don't know if there is equal value coming back for something like that. But if it's 50 cents on the dollar, if you get a guy or a couple of guys or a prospect or one of these things that maybe 
20 cents on the dollar, 30 cents is better than nothing. It's better than the PR headache that would likely accompany him coming back in the first place. I, I have a really hard time. Never say never. Yep. Never say never. I have a really hard time in my mind's eye seeing him pitch for the Dodgers again. I, just, I agree I, with you. I, I just, it just doesn't feel like that's something we're going to see. And I almost feel like that's not going to be the popular opinion of Dodger fans. I think there are a lot of Dodger fans that would say, look, I, I go back to this. If we are going to put sports on this pedestal where um, you look at the athletes and the league and everything else and say, that's the way every human being should be, we're kidding ourselves, right. okay? College football is telling what what you know it's like uh just use as an example the amount of money that they make and the amount of revenue that goes into it's a nonprofit it's like we all just kind of sat there like yeah. this is the stupidest thing i've ever heard right but i i use that as an example to say that i think there are a lot of dodger fans that would say well what's the goal you trying to win or not and if a player is going to help you win wasn't wasn't there wasn't there a story about korea that there were that the front office was also weighing the fact that there was they had their thumb in the air they, they, they were seeing which yes, way the wind was blowing on which this. by the way i get it i don't i, 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 get I it. actually don't even always agree with that i yeah. think the front i think the fans are going to be you know all after, over the map. after every game you do a rams game right yeah. <laughs> how many people are, are saying you know blow this thing up <laughs> after a lakers game it's like that's that's every that's a championship year or a year where it's not going well I think it's kind of fascinating, to be honest with you. All right, so we got some phone calls on that. We'll get into it. Plus, we'll give you the latest on Damar Hamlin. That's all coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.